Let us get going. Here we go. Today's Dab is Dab Samaches. Page 68 in the Hilgim Meseches Baba Kamom. And we pick up from Toshima. Come and listen, which is five lines from the top of Samaches Omer Aleph. All right. Let's remind ourselves of the Sugya. What, what are we going on? Uh, what, what are we dealing with specifically? So. The um, we're dealing with the following case. Our Mishnah said that if you steal from a stealer, a gainav minaganav, do you pay double? Our Mishnah said no. Rav, and this is what we're going to be working off of. Rav says this is only true when the original owner had not yet given up hope. If the original owner gave up hope and then the second thief came around and stole it from the first thief, according to Rav, he will have to pay double to the first thief. Because Rav is of the opinion that as soon as the original owner despairs from the first theft, he loses his ownership. Now the first thief is the new owner who has to pay the original owner. Now the new thief is the new owner. If somebody steals from him, you're going to have to pay double to the to this guy. Okay? Says the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen to the following Brisa, and we're going to bring this up to try to, um, to, to try to understand this sack of Rav. So here we go. If somebody steals an axe or sheep, just like when you shecht it, you pay four or five times, it ain't coming back to life. It's not a cat. Yeah? It's gone. The only time you're obligated to pay four or five times the amount for selling is when it's a sale that cannot go back. Now you could say, Amos, what's the case of a sale that does not go back? You're going to tell me with the first, the, the thief sold it before the owner gave up hope. Am I in Chezeras? Why can't the sale go back to the original owner? Ella, right? Lachora, it should be able to go back to the original owner. Because yeah, I'll tell you why. Because the sale doesn't work. Can I sell your thing? No. So if I sell it, this, I, I steal. I sell it to you. It's not a sale if the first owner didn't give up hope. So if I'm even calling it a sale from the thief, it must be the first owner gave up hope. Clear? got to be he gave up hope. Otherwise, I can't sell your thing. And if you're going to say that the thief acquires it, if he acquired it and then sold it, why does he need to pay back four or five times the amount? He sold his thing. That ain't a problem. We're excluding a case that when there's a tonight, there's a condition that it goes back uh, for 30 days. And sometimes I could sell you something and I say, listen, I'll sell it to you. It's totally yours for the next month. In a month, it comes back to me. It's not a rental. Rental's different. Rental is, it's mine the whole time. You have rights of usage. What if I mamish sell it to you? And I'm like, Hevra, this is mamish yours. You own it. But on this date, it's going to come back to me. That's a sale that's going to come back. So there we say, This would be a case 
where uh, that's uh, we're excluding a case where you acquire it for thirty days and then ultimately it's going to go back. That is a case of a sale that does go back to the owner. Let's clarify this case. Ruvain steals from Yaakov, sells it to Shimon for thirty days. Is he going to pay back Yaakov four or five times the amount? No. Why not? Because it's a 30-day sale. Since it could go back to the original owner, you don't pay back four or five times. Why does it matter? Because since we're putting selling with slaughtering in the same way when you slaughter something, you don't slaughter it temporarily. It goes back. Right? I'm sorry. It, does go, it ain't coming back. It's a permanent slaughter. That's when you pay four or five times. So too, the only time you, the thief pays four or five times for selling it is when it's a permanent sale, excluding a 30-day sale. Okay? It's mamish yours, but only for 30 days. There you don't pay dalid vehe. All right? Um, bottom line is, bottom line is, we don't have a proof for or against Rab's halacha about whether or not um, the ganav acquires it with the yish of the owner. Mesvei, that's a challenging question. Ruvain steals from Yaakov, and then Shimon steals it from Ruvain. The first thief, Ruvain, is going to pay back double for Hasheni and Shimon. The second thief, he pays Karen. He pays the principal amount. Okay? Now, what's the principal amount going to? So here we go, says the Gemara. Ganav umachar. Let's say somebody shechted and sold it. Uba achar uganvay, and somebody else, uh, and somebody else then goes ahead and steals it. So now we have a bigger problem here. What happens is, Ruvain stole the animal, sold it to Shimon, and now Levi comes along and steals it from Shimon. So it's not that Shimon, the thief, stole it from Ruvain, the thief. Shimon bought it from a thief, and now Levi stole it from the buyer. Okay, so now how do we play this out? So Reuven, the first thief, since he made a permanent sale on that which he stole, he's going to pay back four or five times the amount. Vahasheni and Levi, the second thief, Mishalim Tashlume Kefel, he's going to pay double to who? Get ready for this, Shimon. He's going to pay double. To the one who bought it from the Ganav. So follow. Here's what's happening. Yaakov owns an ox. Ruvain steals it and sells it to Shimon. Ruvain has to pay five times the amount of the ox to Yaakov. Shimon owns the ox now. He bought it from Ruvain. Levi steals it from Shimon. And Levi's busted. Levi's going to pay double to Shimon. Because Shimon's the new owner, he bought it from the first thief. So now Levi, who stole it from him, is going to pay double. One out five times. Huh? One out five times. He didn't shecht it or sell it yet. Levi didn't shecht or sell it, he just stole it. When you steal, you pay double. When you shecht or sell, you move up to four or five. What happens if Gana v'tavach? What if... Um, what happens if it's then stolen? Which means somebody then goes ahead and steals it from the Ganav. And then somebody goes ahead and steals it back. The first guy is going to pay four or five times the amount because he shechted or sold it. 
The second guy only pays the principal amount. We have to explain why you don't pay kefel. Of the maisa, it's considered like you stole from the owner. You pay the principal amount. Okay, katani miyat. Bottom line is, what did we say? Mitziasa in the middle example, ganavu machar. If the stealer sold it, or uh, if it was stolen and then he sold it, uba achar v'ganvay, and then somebody stole it from the buyer. Levi stole it from Shimon, the purchaser. Harishain mishalim tashlua bravchemisha. We said Ruvain is going to pay four or five times. Vahasheni and Levi mishalim tashlua mekefel is going to pay double to Shimon. Right? That's clear. We following? Again, the case that we explained before. Let's just, just repeat this for repeating sake. So we have this as we break it down. Ruvain steals an ox from Yaakov. He sells it to Shimon. He has to pay five times back to Yaakov. Shimon is a legitimate buyer. No, he sold it. He sold to Shimon, so he has to pay five times. Now Levi steals from Shimon. He's going to pay back double. Okay, now let's get into the kishkas of this halacha. Amos, what is the circumstance surrounding this halacha? Get ready. If Reuven, Ganav number one, sold it to Shimon before Yaakov gave up hope, is it a valid sale? No. Because Reuven has no right to sell Yaakov's thing. If it's before Yish Shani, the second Ganav, Levi, Amai Misham Tashlumi Kefel. Why is he paying? Why is he going to pay double to Shimon? Shino Rishus Blayish is a change of domain without without uh, despair. Does anybody say that you acquire just with Shino Rishus without any sort of despair on the owner? Which means since Ruve never really acquired it to sell to Shimon, so Levi, why is he paying Shimon anything? It was never Shimon's in the first place. The whole thing never happened. Rather, it's got to be where the original owner, Yaakov, gave up hope before Levi stole it from Shimon. Okay. Now, now that that's the case, if you're going to tell me that, Reuv, that Yaakov doing Yish, despairing on his item alone, gives up his ownership, why is Ruvain paying four or five times the amount? Back to that question. Notice for a moment what just happened. Hevra followed. Yaakov owns an item. Ruvain steals it from him. Yaakov gives up hope. Who owns it? Ruvain. The thief owns it. He's going to have to pay back double, but he owns it. If the thief now shechts it or sells it, is he after after Yish of Yaakov? Should he have to pay back now four or five times the amount? No. Why is it different than any other animal in this flock? What's the difference? He owns it. Exactly. The, the original owner's abandonment gave him the ownership as a thief, but he gave him the ownership. And now if he shechs it or sells it, why are you paying back four or five times the amount? And he sold his own item. Furthermore, we learned the beginning of the Bryce. If somebody steals it, then somebody steals from the first Ganav. If we're dealing with after despair, if the first guy already acquired it, why is Shimon, who did not buy it but stole it in this case, why is he only paying the principal amount? He should have to pay double. 
you stole it from the new owner, it must be from here, that plain despair, on Yaakov's behalf, does nothing, otherwise this halacha doesn't play out, the whole Mishnah doesn't play out, the Kashal Rav, and there's a question on Rav, why? Because going back to how we started out today, what was Rav's halacha when we started? Rav said, that uh, uh, on, uh, uh, um, Rav taught us, that when, the person who had stolen from gives up hope, that is enough to give the acquisition. Here you see it's not enough. Because if it was enough, why are you paying back four or five times the amount? It's yours. So this needs to be clarified. So here we go. Clear? We got it? Chavr? Yeah, should we, should, we, should, I just, should we give a quick overview? Yeah, Okay. Because our Mishnah had said, our Mishnah had said that, um, going back to the two dots on Samech, Zayin Amad Beis, our Mishnah said, Ein HaGoynev Achar HaGanev Mishalim Tashlumei Kefel. Right? By the two dots, five lines to the bottom. There's a quote from the Mishnah. If Ruvain steals from Yaakov and Shimon steals from Ruvain, the Mishnah had said, that Shimon does not pay double to Ruvain. Okay? Rav said, this is only true if Yaakov had not given up hope yet, had not had Yish. But if Yaakov would have given up hope, Shimon would pay double to the first thief. A of Achar Aganev would pay double. That was Rav's statement. Now, in order for Rav to say that, it has to be that Rav holds, once there's Yish from the original owner, the Ganav now owns it. And you don't need a change in item. You don't need that it's now shechted or sold. Yish itself creates something. That's in order for Rav to say his pshat, you have to hold Yish itself as something. Now we're asking on Rav that it's not true. Because you see from over here, Yish itself doesn't, it, it does not create anything. And I'll tell you why. Because since we just proved that the whole Brisa must be dealing with after Yish, if it was before Yish, Ruvain, the first Ganav, if this could get confusing, stop me. If it was before Yish, the first Ganav wouldn't pay four or five times because it's not a valid sale. I can't sell your thing, it's not even called a sale. So it has to be that there already was Yish when Reuven sold it. Okay. Now, what happens if it was stolen? What happens if it's stolen from Reuven, let's say? So Reuven steals. Are we dealing with before Yish or after Yish? It has to be after Yish, because before Yish, there's no four or five times. After Yish. So Reuven stole something, and the owner gave up hope. Shimon now steals it from Reuven. He didn't sell it. Shimon stole it from him. The Brysa said, Shimon's going to pay the Karen, the principal, to Reuven and nothing else. I don't understand. If Yish makes it that Reuven is now the new owner, why is Shimon only paying the principal amount? He should have to pay double. So nothing works. In other words, we should now be confused, right? If we're done with before the owner gave up hope, Ruvain never sold it. You can't sell something not yours. If, he, if we're dealing with where he already gave up hope, why is the one who stole from the Ganav only paying the Karen? 
you should have to pay double. So we're stuck. But why are we stuck? Because we're assuming that the original owner's yish is what's going to transfer the ownership. If, however, it's not the, the yish that transferred the ownership, we can come up with a sensible approach to this bryson. Okay? Now, Rav said, all you need is yish. So we're just say- what the Gemara now is saying is, according to you, Rav, this brysa ain't going to work. So it must be, we need to, we need to find a new approach to, uh, to uh, what gives over ownership. So Amar Rava. Rava says to that, the Tizbara, is it logical? Are you, do you think this whole brysa makes sense in the first place? I get your question on Rav. He says, what, 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 how do you want this brysa to make sense? Ella, the Tani Seifa, we learned at the end of the brysa, and, and then Levi comes and, I'm sorry, Shimon comes and steals from Ruvain. The first guy pays four or five times. The second guy pays the principal. I don't understand. Either way, even if you're going to tell me that you, it bothers you why you only pay the Karen, guess what? A change in action certainly, uh, certainly uh, creates a sale. And therefore, when the Ganav goes and shechts the stolen animal, he certainly acquired it with the Shimon, with the change in the item. So the, he says, either way, you can ask a question why Shimon is only paying the Karen. Either way, he should have to pay uh, Kefal at least. He says, rather, you're misunderstanding this whole thing. Let's go back. Really, we're dealing with the original owner, Yaakov, never gave up hope. Now, here's the problem. Let's, let's keep this all in mind. If Yaakov never gave up hope on the stolen item, the original owner, Still has his mind on it. Our, the, our, our, what's bothering us is, why is there, are you paying four or five times the amount for selling it? It shouldn't be a valid sale. We're going to switch the, the last case to the middle case. The middle case to the last case. What does that mean? Let's explain the price like this. If somebody steals and shechts it or sells it. I'm sorry, somebody steals and sells it. And somebody steals it from the buyer. So... Ruvain stole it, sold it to Shimon. Levi stole from Shimon. Levi's going to pay four or five times. Why? Because you stole it and then sold it. And Levi is going to pay the principal. Why? Since the original owner never despaired, all you have is a change of domain, but the original owner never despaired, and that never gives ownership in the first place. If one shechts and sells it, you have a kind of from the ganav. The first guy is going to pay four or five times the amount. He changed it because he acquired it with a change in and of itself. So over there, the first guy is going to pay without uh, four or five times because of the fact that he sold it. And the second guy, since he did a shinamaisa, he's going to be uh, obligated to pay kefal. Rav Papa, Amar, Rav Papa says, Really, you don't need to switch around the first case or the middle case of the Brisa. Seifa Beishamai, all we need to explain is that the Seifa is Beishamai, the Amri Shino Bimkoyma, holds that the change remains, uh, remains in its place. Um, that um, uh, just because you made a change in it doesn't give you any sort of new ownership. It always remains the first guy. Okay, so in other words, like this, let's talk about, let, let's clarify what is this whole idea of change. Ruvain stole from Yaakov. Shechzit. Is that a change? Certainly, yeah. certainly. Okay. Now, somebody steals the carcass f- 
from the thief. So, um, the second thief is not going to be mechoyev to pay double to the first thief. He has to pay something? No. 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 The first oh, the, yeah, maybe the principal amount. Yeah. But you don't need to pay double to the first thief. Why? Because all you had here was a change in action, a change in action, but not necessarily a yios from the original owner. Could be the original owner, Yaakov, never even, he doesn't even know that it's shechted. He has no clue. But Lamaisa, it is shechted. Okay? So uh, uh, Beishami says, If something is stolen and there's a change, it still remains Yaakov's possession. And therefore, when Shimon stole from Ruvain, he never stole from Ruvain. He never stole from Ruvain, because it wasn't Ruvain's. It's really still Yaakov's, so you don't need to pay Ruvain. So according to Rav, how is he going to explain the, the ratio, the, the first and middle cases, according to Rav? Rav, who says the whole price done with before Yish, will say, What are we doing with The owner gave up hope after... The second guy bought it, but he didn't. He wasn't miyayish yet when the first guy stole it. because over there yutaka have yush, which allows him to acquire it. Meaning like this, we we'll just keep adding uh, different scenarios. So Yaakov owns something. Reuven steals it from Yaakov, sells it to Shimon. Now, when Reuven stole it from Yaakov, the owner had not given up hope. Okay. Now Ruvain sells it to Shimon and the first owner, when he hears that it was sold, he's like, forget it. For whatever reason. Now it's like, either I don't know who Shimon is, I don't know who it was sold to, but I heard it was sold. So now the Yish is now happening in Shimon's, uh, in Shimon's domain. Okay, And since the Yish is happening in Shimon's domain, it's consid- the second guy is now Taka, if somebody steals it, is uh, from the... Buyer, if anybody sells on the buyer, you're going to pay double to the buyer because the buyer now Taka owns it because there was full Yish. But the original thief is not going to get uh, any sort of ownership because when it was his domain, uh, when it wasn't his domain, he didn't own it yet. Okay. The light tema. And don't say the reason is because you need, in order to, uh, to uh, create ownership, you need both Yish of the owner together with a change in domain. Now, you should know when anything is stolen, despair itself transfers ownership. But you only find the case where both of them are going to pay either Kefel or Dalit Vehei. In, uh, in any other way besides for this. This is the only case we could think of when the owner, you know, waited for his year, so to speak, right? So he, di- he didn't give up hope by the, uh, when the first, uh, when the first Ghanav took it, but now he gave up hope when it is sold. Okay, period. End of that clarification of Rav's halacha. Okay, period. That's a very um, methodical, very methodical approach to understanding. And again, why we do this? We want to understand Shitas Rav, the pin of Rav and C. Rav and early Amira. How's he going to fit in with the words of the Mishnah and Bryce? Okay, so that completes the sugya, get delving into Rav. And now things are going to get a little lighter. And we're going to enter a very straightforward Gemara, which is just going to teach us about the laws of Dalit Vehei. Okay, when you pay four or five times the amount, 
What are the sources? What are the circumstances? Let's go through it. Very straightforward. Gemara Imar, we learned. Rav Nachman Omer Chayev, Rav Sheshes Omar Potter. If somebody, if somebody steals and then he sells it and the original owner did not give up hope, so Rav Nachman says, you still need to pay four or five times. In other words, it is a valid sale even though the owner didn't give up hope. And Rav Shesh says, no, it's not a valid sale. You don't pay four or five times unless you actually sell it. And since the owner didn't give up hope, you, the thief, can't sell it. Okay. Rav Nachman, Amar Chayev, why does Rav Nachman say that when you sell it before Yish, you still pay Dali Rachmana. It says you sell it, and over here you did an action of sale. So, you got to pay Dali Behei. When the Torah says you sell it, it means you did an action of sale. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make a difference whether or not halachically we're going to you know, uh, keep this in place. It doesn't really matter. If Shesha says, it's only after despair. Why? Because then the sale is halachically valid. If the owner didn't give up hope yet, so it's not even a sale in the first place. Because it has to be like shechting. You know, if you steal an animal and shecht it, that was an impactful action. Right? You shafted it. Yeah, it left an impact. If I sell it to somebody and it's not even a sale, it didn't leave an impact. And therefore, it's not like I sold it in the first place. So you don't pay dollar to hey. Omar of Shesha. So Shesha says, How do I know my halacha? Okay, what, again, what was the halacha? That it, you only pay dollar to hey if you made a valid sale after the owner gave up hope. He says, what's my source? The Tanya we learned in the Brisa, Amar Abakiva. Abakiva says, Why did Tara say when you, you, that when you, when you shecht or sell an ox or a sheep, you pay back four or five times the amount? You are entrenching, you are rooting the sin, you're making it deeper. Amos, now, when is this true? If you're making it worse, further away from the owner, but the guy didn't yet get up hope, how did you make the sin deeper? How did you root your sin? How did you make shrushim on your sin? You even sell it. Right? Like, not, nothing happened. <laughs> I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about my kids. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Ongoing. Ongoing problem in the Tamil house. Here's what happens. Ongoing issue. What happens is, my yeah, no, Baruch Hashem, I'm not complaining. I'll tell you that. My don't feel bad for me. My seven-year-old comes back from school with a treat from her teacher. She's learning about money, so she walks over to her four-year-old brother Isaac, five now he's five, five-year-old brother Isaac, and she's like. Isaac, you want to cheat? Says, yeah. He says, can you give me a dollar? He's like, sure. So he gives her a piece of paper that says dollar, a valid kosher dollar. She gives him a chocolate coin or whatever her teacher gave her. He eats the coin and walks over to her and says, where's my dollar? And she's like, it's my dollar, it's not yours. Maisa b'chol yaim. <laughs> it happens every day. He's crying. She's crying. Everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. That's my dollar. You don't understand how a sale works, right? A dollar for a for a coin, right? 
Or sometimes the older kids will offer two dimes for a dollar. You get two, I get one. You know that whole, you know, the, the, there's an old, the, there's a little Johnny joke. There's a joke about little Johnny that all the kids in town would mock him and play with him. He's a shaita shaba'ilam, the foolish second grader. They would offer him, uh, Johnny, you want, uh, do you want uh, a nickel or a dime? And since the nickel was always bigger, he'd take the nickel and they'd laugh at him. <laughs> Stupid Johnny, you always want the nickel. Finally, one day, there's an elderly guy who comes over to Johnny. He says, Johnny, let me teach you something. Let me teach you something. The dime, even though it's smaller, is more value. Next time, take the dime. Don't take the nickel. And little Johnny says, you don't understand. If I take the dime, they'll stop giving me nickels. You understand? It's fine. Peseter. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> let them laugh. I'll take it to the bank. Yeah, but all right. What happens? I'll give you two quarters. You give me a dollar. I'll give you this. My kid's five years old. He doesn't know what a sale is. He doesn't know what a dollar is. He doesn't know. All he knows is that the candy tastes good. That's all he knows. But Lamaisa, he's five years old. The sale never happened. It never happened. If you're already talking seven years old, eight years old, you hop, you happen, okay, so it's a, it's a dumb move on your part, you learn next time, and your, your, your sibling keeps the dollar. The kid, two years old, what'd you do? He didn't make a sale. That's the one that says, nothing happened. Nothing's happening over here. No, what it means is, not that you're making the sin deeper, you're not making it deeper. You know why? You didn't make it, because it's not even a sale. The whole thing's a, the whole thing's a, a five-year-old kid, he has no clue what he's doing. But rather, the problem is, you did another aver. Not only did you sin, but you took the sin even further. You now made it a step further. You gave it to somebody else. Okay. Toshma, come and listen. Again, what are we dealing with? Very straightforward. What are we looking for? Sources about when you pay four or five times the amount, either before or after Yish. You shecht or sell. Just like when you shecht it, it can't be that it goes back. The only time you pay four or five times for a sale is when it's a permanent sale. What does that mean? If the owner had not yet given up hope, Yaakov had not yet given up hope, why doesn't the sale go back? The whole thing should have never been valid in the first place. Rather the case is, where the, the Ganev sold it after the original owner did give up hope, so it should be a valid sale. So you learn from over here that if Yaakov gives up hope and then Reuven sells it to Shimon, even though it's Reuven's, because there was Yish, you still pay four or five times the amount. Tirgubar Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman explained, same answer we gave before, that no, maybe the price is referring to a case where you only sold it for, uh, uh, to exclude a sale that you only sold for 30 days. But if it would be a permanent sale, maybe you would be responsible. The Afra Belazar Savar, and even Rav Lazar holds, that when Reuven sells it, it's only after Yaakov gave up hope. The Yomar Rebbe Lazar, because Rebbe Lazar explains, top of him at base, Teda you should know. Shastam Geneva Yish who in a usual circumstance by Geneva, we assume the owner does give up hope when something is stolen. We do not assume that the owner thinks that they have any chance of getting it back. And that's the assumption. And therefore, in general, when a, when a thief sells something, we're going to say it was a valid sale. Because the assumption is there's years right away. Because the Torah says 
Tabachu machar if a thief shechts or sells mishalik shabar uchamisha. So we, we call it a we call it a sale like automatically. V'domo lemi ayish. I maybe the owner never gave up hope. Why is the Torah saying that? Alav shmabina alav mishum darbina stam ganeva yush bailami because the Torah itself is letting us know there's an assumption as soon as something's stolen, the owner has uh, has given up hope. So that's in other words, so you, you might find the case that's otherwise, but stop. You assume the owner did give up hope. Person, just like it's stolen, it can be lost. And if the person thinks it's excellent lost, question, huh. excellent question. Good, I'm going to wait on that. I'll tell you why I'm going to wait on that. Yale's bringing up an, a, a very important sugya of, but why would you're asking? Let me just make sure I'm Right. right. So how does he even know to give up hope? Excellent question. Right. I'm going to put that question on the shelf because what the sugar we're going to get into is, is there a difference between a ganav and a gazlan? Because by a gazlan, a robber, the owner knows it was taken. So you know there for sure that it was stolen, and there there's a stronger chance at yish. However, a ganav, the, where it was taken in the middle of the night, you have Yale's issue. Where, why would the, uh, what is a Ghana by definition? What's a thief by definition? Undercover. So since it was done undercover, you don't have the knowledge that the owner gave up hope. Because the owner can always assume it was lost. Maybe right. I misplaced it. Right. Okay. Right now, let's assume we're dealing with a Gazblon situation, to put your question on the shelf, even though it says Ghana. Okay, it says Ghana. So we, we do need a deal with this issue. No, notice the issue Yale's bringing up. So it's a very important, uh, it's going to be a, a very important layer that needs to be unpacked with this. And that is, again, why is there an automatic assumption the owner's giving up, uh, giving up hope when there's a chance the owner may not know that it was stolen? It may just be gone or lost. Okay, valid. Um, says the Gemara, the Dilma Afagav Maybe the Torah holds that you pay back four or five times even without Yaakov, the original owner, giving up hope. I mean, they said, don't think that. It has to be similar to shechting. Just like shechting is like an impactful action. It has to be a sale with an impactful action. And if the owner was not yet meyayish, there's no impactful action because the sale never happened. The original, you can't sell somebody else's item. Says Gemara Vedoma, perhaps... Maybe the only time we said this is, and this is going to start to answer Yale's question, maybe the only time we say that you pay Dalit Vahey on a sale is when you heard the owner say, I'm Yayish. Now, he could say he's Yayish. He might say, I don't know where it is. Forget about it. So he might even do Yish thinking it's lost. Or maybe he has Yish saying somebody stole it. I don't know where my leichter is. Uh, somebody, I, I know we had a broken window in the middle of the night, or somebody must must have walked in. Uh, no, you know it was, you know it wasn't. Uh, my, our leichter was very small. It wasn't that sent them. I'm not going to deal with the whole the the whole uh, situation. I lost two hundred dollars. I'm moving on. It's not worth it for me. So when you hear that the guy did give up hope, maybe that's when it's a valid sale. But in Akhanami, he yells right. Let's say the owner, you don't know. Because you're done with a ganav, let's say you don't know, so it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be a valid sale. Where's the gazlan is 
A gazel is the robber where he publicly took it, so the owner knows that it's taken. Okay? Maybe the case is where we heard the original owner did give up hope. Amri, they said, that can't be the case. Why? Because the selling has to be similar to shechting. Just like selling, you pay dalit v'hei as soon as you steal it and shecht it. It could be 45 seconds later. You're going to pay back dalit v'hei. So to the sale case has to be a case that fits that criteria. In other words, says the Gemara like this. You want to answer the problem, which was go- going on Yale's question. You want to answer the problem by saying, you're right. You're right. You know, if it was stolen, you don't know he gave up hope. So I'll tell you what the case is. You heard the owner say, yeah, it was stolen. Let me ask you a question. Does that happen right away? No. You might have heard it two weeks later. So you're going to tell me, you know when you paid thousand for hay on, on Geneva, when I got, I got it the hay? If later on you heard, then you pay. That's impossible. Because Tzvich and Mechira go together. And if the, if the Ganav shechs it right away, you pay four or five times, it has to be that when he sells it right away, you pay four or five times. And if you're going to wait to hear that the owner gave up hope, that ain't happening right away. That takes time, so that cannot be the case. Beautiful. Okay. Amalei Reb Nachman. Reb Nachman said to Rebbe Lazar, Gneva b'nefesh teichiyah. What about Gneva b'nefesh? This is incredible. What's Gneva b'nefesh? To kidnap somebody. Take someone into captivity. She'en yosh b'ilim v'chayov. When you steal a person. Okay? So the owner does not give up hope. Gavalt. Who's the owner? The person. The person themselves. Yeah? Who else could it be? The bunch of The bunch of Either way, nobody's given up hope. The chayev. But... There's halacha. If you kidnap somebody, chayev misa. Now, if you kidnap somebody and sell them, you're chayev. Is there ever yish? No. So you see, you can be chayev without yish. It's considered a theft. You can see there's a concept of theft without an owner ever giving up hope. It's shaykh. It's possible. Like by, like by kidnapping. Says the Gemara. Mechlal the sub Rabbi Yechen lefnei yish chayev. Now, Rabbi Yechen must be holding that you don't need yish. To be a ganav, right? Otherwise, how can you ever the Torah have a right that it's forbidden to kidnap? You can't. You can't ever kidnap if you need yish to, to take, and there's never yish, but you steal a, a nefesh when you steal a person. So it, it, it can never be a transgression in the first place. Um, so according to Yechon, he holds that before despair, there's it's never going to be considered a sale. But what would Yechon hold? If, in a case, there was Yish, not by kidnapping, but in general. My, what would Rabbi Yechenon say under, under those circumstances? Now, would he hold like Rav, that Yish itself is kinder, or would he hold he also need a Shinoi Maisa? So, um, says the Gemara, um, let's clarify. Rabbi Yechenon said in another case where you shecht, or sell an animal after Yish. Rabbi Yechon says, Yechayev. Rishlaki says, Potter. Rishlaki says, Yechayev before and after Yish. Rishlaki says, Potter. The only time the Ganav is obligated in Dalit Vehei 
is if it's before the owner gave up hope. But let's say the owner already gave up hope. So then Kana, the, the thief acquired it, and now he's shechting and selling his own thing. And he's not going to pay back Dalid Dehe. So what do you see from here? You see that Rabbi Yechen holds there is a chiyuv for selling before and after Yish. Eisvei Rabbi Yechen on the Rish Lakish Rabbi Yechen who holds that it's before and after Yish you pay back Talab. He asks a challenging question on his beloved brother-in-law Chavrusa Rish Lakish. Gan Ave Hikdeish Efruvein steals it and sanctifies it. Viachakach Tavach and then he shechts it. Ulali. See here we got a big problem. Ruvain stole it from Yaakov, then makes it hektish. Then shechts it. Whose animal did he shecht? Hektish's animal or the original owner's animal? Ruvain did two bad things. Yeah. He stole. How does he make something hektish when not his? Oh, must be that it's his, right? But we don't, we don't know. All the Brysa says is, Ruvain stole, right. sanctified, slaughtered. So if you break it down into different parts, Ruvain stole, sin A, made it hectish. Let's say it's not a sin, unless you say that's like a sale to somebody else. Okay? And then slaughtered what he thinks is hectish. Okay? He's terrible. Yeah? This guy's got a lot of work to do. So, Ganav hektish v'achach tavach. Mishalem tashlumi kefil. You're going to pay kefil to the original owner. You don't pay dalid behe. Why? Because when you shechted the animal, it belonged to hektish. Now, Yobar had a point. How could you make it hektish? Unless you say that you did acquire it. Now, Amos, what's the case? What's the case? If the owner didn't give up Yish, then we have Yale's problem. Mi Kaddish, why is it sanctified in the first place? I can't make your animal hektish. Ish ki haktish as beisai kaidesh, Omer Achman. The Torah says you could sanctify that which is yours. Ma beisai shaloi, just like your house is yours, I've called shaloi. I can only sanctify things that are mine. I can't sanctify your stuff. Imagine if you would walk around sanctifying other people's stuff. The case has to be where the thief sanctified it after the original owner already gave up hope. So now it's his. And now that he sanctified it, he's still paying double to the original owner, but he's not paying four or five times because he's not shechting the original owner's animal. Why does he pay the owner all? The original owner all? Because he stole it from him. If the original owner <coughs> has come to use. Yeah. you got to pay him double. You stole from him. Well, he... He's, uh, he, well, the thief is going to say, well, I'm going to go pay him? Sure. You didn't steal it when it was ownerless. You stole it when it was owned. Yeah. So you got to pay double. I don't care if well, now the, the owner... The thief is going to go to the one he stole from and say, I stole? No, or we ta- he's taken to court. Oh. Okay. Two witnesses come and say, yeah, yeah, Ruvain stole it. So we'll, we'll go to Yankel and we say, Yankel, well, you know, the thing was he says, oh, I gave up hope on it already. Right? Right. It was so Ruvain's going to pay back double. Ruvain tells us, you know, I sanctified the animal. And then shechted it. So we're going to say, Ruvain is not paying four or five times to Yaakov. He's going to pay twice to Yaakov, his kefel. But the extra two or three times, wasn't, it wasn't the original owners anymore. The chikotavach, the hektish kotavach, when he shechted, already belonged to hektish. Avolai hektish, let's say he never sanctified it. Tavach, and he shechted for his own stakes. You would pay four or five times to Yaakov. Okay, which means 
Reuven steals from Yaakov. You pay back double. Then Reuven, Yaakov gives up hope. And then Reuven decides he wants steaks for supper. He's going to pay four or five times. It never belonged to Hektish. Even though Yaakov gave up hope. But if you're going to tell me that Yish acquires, says Rabbi Yechenon to his beloved brother-in-law, Reish Lakish, if you're going to tell me Yish acquires it, why is Reuven paying the extra four or five times? It must be you're wrong. It must be you're wrong. Yish itself does not give you an acquisition. It's a great question, fantastic question. Let's just say this outside for a moment. Here's the halacha of the brysa. The brysa says like this, Gevalt. Ruvain steals from Yaakov. Yaakov, how much does he owe Yaakov then? Double. Yaakov gives up hope. Ruvain goes, he, whether he knows Yaakov gave up hope or not, we'll find out the timeline later, doesn't matter. After Yaakov gave up hope, Ruvain goes and he throws a party, stakes. Does he pay back Yaakov four or five times the amount? Says the Brisa, yes. You do pay five times the amount. Says Rabbi Yechiran to Reish Lakish. Listen, we're Amiram, we can't argue on that Brisa. But you see clearly from that Brisa that we're after Yish. We're still saying Ruvain's going to pay the extra payment. You don't look at Ruvain and say, oh yeah, it's okay, you shakted your own thing. No, you don't do that. We'll still look at him and say, listen, dude, you stole it. Now you shechted it. I don't care if it was after Yish. You're going to pay four or five times. So you see that Yish itself does not give Reuven the acquisition. Now Rishlokish held it does. Rabbi Yechelen says, how are you going to reconcile this price? Omar Le, Rishlokish responds, what's the case of the price? He says, Rabbi Yechelen, you're making a mistake. What happened was the owner never gave up hope. Never gave up hope. The owner pulled a shtick, we'll call it. Yaakov, Yaakov, the original owner, has an animal and it's gone. He suspects it was stolen. He says, I'm not going to give up hope. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shtach the ganav. I hereby declare this animal that's gone is hektish. Ta-da-ta-too. Oh, I'm not giving up hope. Wherever it is, it's hectic. Now, Ruvain's the god of, he has no clue what's going on. Turns out that Ruvain stole it from Ruvain. Ru- Ruvain stole it from Yaakov. Then the timeline was, instead of Yaakov being the Yaish, Yaakov said it's hectic. And now Ruvain goes and shechts it. So he shechted something that belonged to hectic. That's the case, says Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish said to Reichlan, you're asking me, how am I going to reconcile the price of seed? The owner gave up hope. He gave up hope, and then the shechting happened afterwards. Says Reish Lakish, no, you're misunderstanding the whole price for Beichan in order to give up hope. You know why he lost his ownership? Because he made it hectic. And don't get this whole conversation ever starts. Amar again, The owner sanctified it after the guy stole it. Okay? He never despaired. And therefore, he would be obligated in Dalai Vahey. The Ganav would have been obligated in Dalai Vahey if not for the fact that he made it hectic. Well, Mikadar says, Gemara, but can you do that? Can Yaakov make it hectic when he doesn't know where it is? You steal something. The owner didn't give up hope. Both the original owner cannot make it hectic. Why? And the Ganav can't make it hectic. The Ganav cannot make it hectic because it's not really yours. The Zeh and the owner cannot 
sanctify it. Because it's not in his domain. If you don't have access to something and you don't know where it is, you can't make it hectic. You have to have access. So it says the Gemara, one second, this whole, this whole premise of Rishlakish is a problem. Yeah, he says, you want to explain the cases where, you know, uh, the owner, Yaakov, says, ah, I'm going to go sanctify it. says, Gemara, no, that can't be the case because it's not considered a sanctification. Amri, they said, who the Omar Tsunuim? No, that Rishlakish holds like the Chevra of Tsunuim. Now listen to this. Okay. He holds that what do we need to deal with? We need to deal with Tsunuim. What's a Tsunuim? What's a Tsunuim? Yeah, a, a modest person. So now, what is this talking about? What's going on here with the tznuim? So listen to this mission. People are tznuim anichin asamais. They would take their money and vaimrim, and they would say, "Call hanilkat Whoever took from this should it should be chulin on on uh, this specific. Money on this specific money. Okay, what's the case of here? So this is this is incredible. The, in this case, um, I'm trying to think of something that we could do nowadays to to be in line with this. All right. Hopefully, Hashem will send a good example because I've come across cases like this, and it's just like wow, it's wow. The Tznuim, Tznuim are people that make sure, without saying anything, that other Yidin don't sin. Don't. Sin. Tznuim? Yeah, I make sure. Huh? Tznuim? Tznuim. Yeah? Private. Private person. I don't need to tell everybody what's going on. But I'll explain explain what they would do. Modest. Modest. But I'll explain what they would do. Okay? Rashi says like this. The fourth year growth of trees, let's say, for example. The halacha was, you were allowed to eat it, but only in Yerushalayim, only in certain places. Now, um, the same way when you had food of Meisr Shani, you that you didn't want to bring to Yerushalayim, you would put the Kedusha onto money. And then take the money to Yerushalayim and buy new food there. Yeah, we're familiar with that process. You could do this with the fourth year growth too. Take the fruit and place it on the coins. Yidin, who wanted to protect others from sinning, they would do the following. If they owned a field that was in a fourth year of growth, so you can't stop Ganavim. You can't stop a Ganav. People will steal what they're going to steal. Vas Kementan. First three years, you're not allowed to eat at all. But if somebody does it, like you're stuck. I say, the fourth year, what they would do is, they would always, just, just in case there were people who stole and would eat it, they wanted to make sure that these Ganovim didn't do a double Avera, of steal it, and eat the fourth year growth outside Rishalai. So they would keep money in a special place and they would say, any food that's taken by these people, the Kedusha should be off the food and onto this money. And this way, the food that is being taken is not really holy. It's not really it's holy. Not really what? It's not really holy, mm-hmm. because the holiness is on the coin. They were incredibly thoughtful. 
very thoughtful, the, the foresight. I don't have, I'm sure I've come across many mice's uh, stories of, of uh, people like this. Uh, the best one that comes to mind is, and this, I, somebody here after Daf uh, just last week, this came up. I think somebody uh, lost their coat. They said somebody else might have had a similar coat. So I told them a mice, I think I heard the mice with the Rijner. The Hilger Rijner, that he went to the mikveh and he came out and his clothes weren't there. His clothes weren't there. So he, uh, you know, he walked home. He walked home, you know, without any clothes. He took his towel or whatever he had. He, yeah. Fine, he comes home. His wife says, what happened? He said, said uh, somebody, uh, I guess somebody wanted to switch their clothes with me. So she said, so where's their clothes? He says, he forgot to leave it for me. Yeah? Forgot to leave it for me. You know, that's how he is. And he didn't want to be choshish another yid for, uh, for Geneva, so he didn't want to suspect somebody, uh, say another yid stole, so he says, he forgot to leave me his clothes. You know, he needn't mind, he forgot to leave me his. There's tzaddikim who think like this. We're called tzenuim. We're calling them tzenuim. Yeah? It's incredible madriga. But Rishlakish says, I'll explain, I'll ex- let, let me explain the whole idea. He says, we're dealing with the owner made it hectish while it was in the thief's possession. Who the Amar Kitsunum? Rishlakish is explaining that the owner did it in a way of the Tsunuim, which is, let's learn this again inside. The Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah. Hatsunuim, people were Tsunuim, Manichin Esamois, they would set aside their money. They would say, whoever takes from this vineyard from this orchard. That that food should the Kedusha should be transferred over uh, should be transferred over onto these coins. Okay. Now the question is here's the question. How can the Tsunuim do this if the food is not in their domain anymore? If you're saying you can't make something Kaddish if it's not in your domain how could they say it once the food is uh, once the food is taken? Sir so says because you, you find that Snuim do it, so you find there is circumstances where where it's okay. It says the Gemara of Arei Chazra Karen Labaylam. Huh? They're saying that they they didn't know that it was taken. Like that's what he's right, 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 right. But you still find that they could remove the holiness from the food without them knowing like where it is or who has it, right? So you see, it can impact it. The fact it's like that tonight, but they sanctified their money. But where that money is, they didn't say this money is hectic. They said this money is hectic in lieu of that stuff. So that means they need to have the ability to make the money hectic, you know, after after the those things are taken, after the right? So it says the Gemara of Arichaz or Karen the Bailam. But over there, that's not even considered stolen then, because what they're doing really is they're basically giving it as a gift, right. and they're saying that you know uh, the kedusha is coming over here, but they're they're still holding on to. So it says the Gemara Kish Amar We're dealing with the case where the thief um, was uh, already brought to court, and then the owner makes it hectic. Since the the guy was brought to court first, so now it's considered in the original owner's domain, so to speak, and you could make it hectic. So where could the owner make it hectic? When he knows who the Ganav is, and then he and then he sanctifies it. But in a Hanami, true that if the, he wouldn't know where the Ganav is, we weren't about it, maybe he can't make it hectic. Says Gemara, one second, clarify that case for me, please. What's this case of the Ganav being brought to court? Hechi dummy, what's the case? If the case is where we already told the thief 
go pay back the original owner for that which you took. My area hectish. Why are we talking about where he made the the, the animal into hectish? Afilu loy hectish nami. Even if he never, even if uh, he didn't make it hectish either, loy lechayve. We shouldn't obligate the thief in four or five times the amount. The Yomar Rabba Rabba says, Seitein loy. If Bezmerdi paskins to give him money, tovachu machar, and afterwards the thief shechts it or sells it. Potter, you don't pay back four or five times once it's paskin on him to pay to give back the animal. Why? My time, why not? Kivan de Pascua since already been paskin on, the matter's already been uh, uh, been uh, settled. Vitavahu Machar, and then he shechts it or sells it. Have a lay gazlan. Get ready for this. This is now a public matter. This is not a thief matter. This now becomes a robber matter. See, maybe you stole it originally as a thief, but now that you've been taken to court, everything's out in the open. And now that when you shecht it or sell it, you're not a ganav anymore. You're now a gazlan. This is incredible. You see the lundus? You could change from a ganav to a gazlan on the same item, which makes a lot of sense. You originally stole it as a ganav. You take it to court. Now the matter is known. And you're like, yeah, I don't care about you. Shecht it. The second stage is as a gazlan. And by a gazlan, the gazlan, a gazlan does not pay back four or five uh, times the amount. So that can't be the case of where we took him to court. Top of tomorrow's daf. But what if the court said to him, you need to pay? Okay? So they, they you know, uh, and then he shechs it. Since they didn't put the matter on paper, they didn't give like a, a, a psak. Akati Ganavu, he never changed from a Ganav to a Gazlan. Okay, so the bottom line is, says the Gemara, the Gemara is asking a question, that um, why Lefire Shlakish would the Mishnah say that the Ganav does not pay Dalit Vehei because the, the animal was hectish, you, they, you, can't, you don't even find a case where he made the animal hectish. Yeah, maybe the case is where the judges said to him, you need to pay back, he's still a ganav, and then he makes it, uh, and then the owner makes it hectish, and it's 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 shtickle uh, in his domain. So that's where we're going to say there's a chiv of Dalit Vehei. Okay, we'll hold it here, we're at the two dots. We'll pick up from Gufa tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Chevra. Uh, tomorrow is... Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay, um, be in touch with text. There's a chance I might need to give daf uh, outside of shul. I don't know yet, but uh, please uh, stay tuned. It'll be the same time, Mertesham, but uh, might be outside of shul. Okay, Zagibans.